and cold talkers welcome back to our jet fuel devs the only podcast that actually takes you high and above the clouds while keeping you grounded with the latest trends in the software development world i'm your co-host veronica and i fly for food around the globe if you don't know me yet while studying full-time software engineering also recently i have an obsession over ai and mostly with chat GPT trends because who doesn't, right? Like, I think uh, that's the hot thing right now. And now let's welcome my co-host, Dan. Hey, Dan, how have you been and how are you doing? Tell us. Hey, Veronica, good to see you again. Uh, Good talking with you. And uh, I've been very good, very busy. Uh, The summer travel months are uh, are always very busy in the aviation industry. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a pilot for a major U.S. airline based out of Seattle, Washington, Uh, although I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, more on that later. But uh, I fly a 737. And when I'm not doing that, I'm coding on Xcode, working primarily in Swift and SwiftUI. I'm building uh, an app that uh, is my current project is a aircraft uh, fueling uh, tracking app. I've been talking a lot about that on Twitter, but uh, most of all, welcome everyone to episode three. This episode is a little bit of a unique one because Veronica and I are trying uh, video for the first time. So if you're listening on audio, that's great. And this is a podcast audio primarily, but we're also uh, experimenting with video. And uh, if you want to watch us on YouTube, you'll find us there. Link in the show notes, of course. But today we want to turbocharge your coding engines with a bit of AI, as uh, Veronica mentioned, and ignite your creativity with ways to streamline your workflow using uh, tools that we'll talk about and AI as your co-pilot. When we're working two different jobs um, in, in, in the airlines and then in software, managing your time is uh, something that is very important uh, and managing your energy level. So Veronica, I'm definitely excited to hear about what tips you have uh, today on how you manage your time. Yeah, for sure. It will be an exciting episode. And like you said, I am actually uh, very excited that this is our first uh, video episode and uh, we are actually trying to accelerate in what we are doing and um, like uh, potentially uh, create a YouTube account and you guys can watch us there. Why not? Right. So from my side, like I said, I'll be talking on AI tools on how guys you can um, increase your productivity productivity level when it comes to coding, when it comes to time management, when it comes to even creating strategies, marketing strategies for your products, for your apps, iOS or Android, no matter what apps you guys are working on. So I'm pretty excited to uh, talk on about it. And um, uh, what I'm trying to preach to you guys, it's not to be scared of using AI, not to think, not to go with that mindset, uh, AI will take my job, AI will uh, take the like the job of my family and whatnot. Use it to your advantage. This is an incredible times that we are living in. And yeah, talk about it later. And I'll also uh, share with you my uh, time management apps that I use. Hopefully it, you will uh, benefit from it. And that's pretty much it from me. How about you, Dan? Well, uh, from the aviation side of things, um, as I mentioned, I'm a pilot for a major U.S. airline and uh, I fly a 737 and we go through uh, recurrent training once a year. And uh, what is recurrent training? Well, it's it's where we go back into the simulator and uh, and practice emergency procedures, checklists and, and, and things that uh, have come up in the previous year that our training department will put together a training program that uh, addresses issues that have come up over the previous year. Uh, maybe they've seen, you know, uh, what what they call procedural drift, people you know not following procedures, and so they kind of retrain us and refocus us on the safety aspects of uh, of the aircraft and the airline operation in general. Uh, so I I finished three days of training last week. That was uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week, and uh, the the training 
day one is pure training. It's just, they know that you haven't been in the simulator for, for a whole year. And, and so they want to get you kind of back up to speed. You know, we don't read, uh, well, hopefully we don't have to read through checklists and emergency procedures on a regular basis. Uh, although this past year, I've seen a lot of medical uh, situations with passengers. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the same. We always had them. <laughs> we always you know, never saw a decrease, actually. No, at some point I saw, but yeah, we always have them. Yeah, it it seems like over the last year, year and a half, there's been an increase in, actually, I had my first diversion. Uh, we actually were yeah. going from JFK to Seattle and we dipped into, uh, we diverted into, yeah. uh, I think it was Madison, Wisconsin, because a, a, a passenger on board was having a stroke. Um, so I, I hope he was okay. But um, anyway, so that normally doesn't happen. So um but we have to be trained for it when it does happen, as you well know. So day one in the simulator is a lot of uh, practice on getting kind of back up to speed with uh, with engine failures, the electrical problems, uh, missed approaches uh, in in the aircraft, and just just purely training. If you don't do it right, that's okay. They just they reset the simulator, reposition you, and you do it again. And then uh, and then day two is uh, they do uh, door drills. We'll go to mock uh, cabin and, and we practice opening the, the aircraft doors, um, practice putting on the, you know, the, uh, the what do you call it? The, uh, the life vest um, and, uh, and, and all, the, all the little things that, that you think you'll never have to do, but just in case you do, uh, you actually do get trained on it. And these doors are, you know, they're different, different airplanes, different type of door. Do do firefighting procedures? We do that in initial training. Um, with the recurrent oh. training, we we haven't, I'm trying to think if we have in years past. I don't think so. Um, but in initial training on the aircraft, they they have us operate the uh, the fire extinguisher. Yes. Do you? Yeah, we do that also every, every year, the firefighting. And we have like an actual firefight think simulate simulate simulator yeah so we go there and we practice and it's kind of fun but like fun in a not like fun if it happens in real life right no it's actually <laughs> one of my biggest no it's one of my biggest fears is a is an in-flight fire that's the worst uh, i think that's oh, the worst case scenario the worst one of the worst yes 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 because we are considering you know smoking the cabin how about fire? like smoking the cabin is considered as a catastrophic situation but imagine fire in the cabin then right. okay i mean of course you can um extinguish it but in the same time it's like what's going on and why is happening right right yeah yeah that's that's one of my biggest fears um but uh but no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't do that this year, and maybe next year. I don't know. Maybe I'll put a suggestion in for some more firefighting. I don't know. But uh, um, so that was day day one, and then day two is uh, is more of the door drills, and then they check us on the the maneuvers and the emergency procedures that we did on day one. So that we trained on day one. Now day two is um, is is testing. So. Uh, you should have your skills, you know, refined from day one. And if you if you're not executing a missed approach or a single engine uh, missed approach or an engine failure on takeoff, if you're not executing those things correctly, you have a little bit of time to retrain. Um, but uh, you know, they expect you to be up to speed and uh, and doing these maneuvers properly by day two. And then um, day three is a is a scenario based. Uh, situation where they there's no repositioning of the simulator, there's no resetting. They give you it's it's the intention is that uh, it's real time flight. So you'll start at the at the gate in at whatever airport the scenario is. And in our case, it was it happened to be um, Anchorage, Alaska this year, of course, because I fly for Alaska. Um, but uh, so we started there. Everything run in in real time. We execute everything just like we would on a normal flight. And then you take off and something is going to happen and you don't really know what. Um, they give you kind of a, a pre, you know, like a, a pre-study guide that, you know, you, you might know a, a little bit of uh, what scenarios you may, you may be facing, but uh, uh, you don't really know what's coming. Um, and yeah. so you have to work as a crew. And that's the whole point of day three is, is they really just want to see you working as a crew, even if you, if you, you know, maybe read a, the wrong checklist, that's, that's not a real good example, but, uh, um, you know, you may get yourself off track a little bit, but they want to see the, 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 both pilots working together to solve as a team, 
as a team. As yeah. a team, yes. And and that's the thing. And that's something that people will ask me about, you know, if, if we kind of maybe dovetail this a little bit into AI is people will ask me about um, pilotless airplanes, right? Airplanes with no pilots. And, uh, and I, I say, you know, I probably will expect to see Amazon or one of the cargo carriers do this first, where you have basically just a drone airplane flying with no pilots. Uh, How do you feel personally about this idea, like in general? Sure. The I, idea I actually, yeah, I feel, I feel actually okay about it, probably because I don't think it's going to happen during my career. Um, I'm 45, so I have a maximum of 20 more years. I could be wrong, but... Uh, I 20 think years that, is a lot, Dan. 20, a lot can happen in 20 years. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And, and we'll see. Now we have, you know, we have this on, uh, we, we have a recording here of, of what my predictions are, but I don't think in, I don't think my job will be affected um, by oh. a pilotless airplane in my career. Um, but from a safety standpoint, uh, which is all this training is, everything is, is focused around safety. Uh, from right. a safety standpoint, I would rather see no pilot in the airplane than one pilot. And, and this is kind of the discussion that, that people will have um, because if there's, well, let me go back with, with the two of us, right? If you and I are flying yeah, and I make a mistake or I think that something, there's some situation that requires some certain action and you say, well, what about this? Right. Oh, and that's something that I hadn't thought of. Right. And, or, or if I'm operating at 90%, you know, maybe I'm a little tired. I'm not 100% that day. And maybe you're a little tired. You're not 100% that day. Yeah. We're both at 90%. Well, the combination of us, the two of us is, a, is 100%, right? Exactly. And, and so if you make a mistake or I make a mistake, I catch it or you catch it. And that's why there's two pilots in the aircraft. And, and, and with flight attendants, I, I'm sure it's the same thing. Not one flight attendant can handle everybody all the time. So you, you have to work together. Um, and so... For this reason, I would feel that that having one pilot in the flight deck, if a situation arises where that pilot had to execute some emergency procedure, but they were wrong and no one is there to to correct them or to say, hey, what about this? Or did you notice this? Right. Then I think the potential for a catastrophic mistake uh, is higher than if we have a fully automated aircraft that is being monitored from the ground. Obviously there's some monitoring I'm making this up right now, but, but, um, I, I like that idea better. It may sound a little strange, but I think one pilot in the flight deck is, is still human and we still make mistakes. And, uh, and, and if, if you get the, the automation to a level, uh, that's high enough to fully automate the flight with ground monitoring, uh, I, I think that's actually a safe scenario. So, um, but, uh, I completely agree with you, and honestly, uh, I have to uh, admit that <laughs> I feel way uh, like I feel not safer, but okay, let's say safer um, when we actually do O2 landing. Oh, really? You okay. know, in a bad weather conditions, that's the only time when auto land is actually allowed in our airline. Hmm. And this is what I heard from our pilots. Uh, so the approach is way stable. The final approach way more stable. Um, the landing, the touchdown is amazing. And I'm like, ah, oh, this feels great, you know. <laughs> nice. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like. Uh, actually, they should do that more often, not only when the weather is foggy and, uh, you know, they can't really see anything that's only because, but you know, with all the, uh, you know, for sure, with auto landing, I know you guys do it in a yep, bad weather we conditions, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So with auto landing, basically, uh, they, they don't, they can't do it all the time because it's so sensitive. Like, you know, it can, uh, anytime it can reject, reject the landing. Right. And it can go around because some car passes like close by or because of the wind, what they call this one, the wind. Uh, yeah, the wind, uh, uh, wind limitations. Yeah, yeah. So this is what they told me. And I'm like, okay, that's why they don't, they can't really do it all the time because of this, because when you guys are flying manually, when you land manually, you go straight away, not like you're not uh, distracted from uh, like let's say this kind of uh, sensitive radars, right, but uh, yeah. 
they have to so, protect the uh, what's called the ILS critical area, and uh, and so there's the the beam that's coming from the ground. Uh, they have to keep airplanes further back from the runway if uh, if the aircraft on final approach is doing an auto land, and so. Yes. When, Yep. So, that, so for that reason, it's not always practical. Um, we do practice them, and the airplanes, our airplane, the seven thirty seven, uh, and with the airline, they they actually require uh, tests at, at at intervals. I think it's thirty day intervals that the the auto land needs to show a successful auto land. So even if it's good weather, they'll our maintenance personnel will put out memos on our on our flight that says you know thirty day auto land requested. And so we'll do a practice auto land, um, which is it's just a little bit more setup uh, with the with the automation, and then a lot of monitoring. And um, you know, this I don't know if this is getting off track, but it it's something that that uh, I tell people about with uh, self driving cars. You know, okay. in the airplane, we we have a fully automated airplane that, as you said, can land itself. Uh, it can't taxi off the runway, but it will land itself and bring itself to a stop on the runway. Um, but, uh, we are still pilots. There are still flight controls in the aircraft. And if you have a self-driving car, you're still the driver. There's still a steering wheel. You are still responsible for the car. And yeah. I see these things on, on, on Twitter and, and against, you know, talking about how, uh, Tesla in particular, the full self-driving isn't ready and okay. It's not ready. It's also called beta. And also you have a steering wheel. You're the driver. Um, and the example I like to use is if the airplane I'm flying is on autopilot and I fly uh, it into a mountainside, it's my fault. Uh, you know, it, because it's on autopilot doesn't mean you can just read a newspaper. Chill. And chill. Around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're monitoring. We monitor the hell out of the airplane when it's on autopilot, especially on, on approach like that. I mean, especially my job as a first officer, I'm, I'm locked on the instruments looking for any variation and any warning that something isn't right and then we go around um so yes. it, it's just it requires a lot of attention it requires a lot of still a lot of atten attention and it doesn't mean that uh if it if you're doing auto landing you can just like uh, you're doing you're having your cup of coffee and right. you relax <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's actually a, a fairly intensive opera. Like we are very, very closely monitoring the airplane at that, at that time. Of course, so, of course. So, At the so, end of uh, the day, you are there for that reason to monitor and to keep us safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and as are you monitoring the, the, the passengers and the, and the condition of the cabin. So, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, we all have yeah. to work together, but actually very serious job. Both professions are very serious. And every time I go back to the college and when I do that recurrent training, mm -hmm. I am really reminded this is actually very serious like this is no joke and yeah. everything that we study everything that uh, we are reminded of like on that training is just like okay i we we cannot just mess these things up <laughs> no no and you have multiple how many aircraft do you fly i fly on two types triple seven and a380 boeing triple seven and a380 okay this okay. is the aircraft that we actually have uh, on our fleet and okay. uh, yeah for eight years i've been working on just those two okay. before we used to have um a330 and a340s okay. but then we retired all of them and now we're just now we are hoping to see but in a couple of years i don't know when exactly because they're always been postponing that delivery of a 777x have you heard oh, about yeah. that Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. I actually just saw it not too long ago in Seattle. It's got the fold-up wings. Oh, if I'm thinking really? of the, if I'm thinking of the right airplane, it, the the wingtips fold in <laughs> on the ground. Um, uh, I'm pretty yes. sure that's the airplane. Uh, I could be yes. wrong, though. But uh, um, yeah, I'm not it, sure. Did they released it yet? I mean, well, they already they were. It's Boeing flight testing it. Um, and it, they happen wow. to land in in Seattle when I was uh, when I was there, and and wow, so you're lucky to see that! Right. Oh my God, right. this is amazing. Our pilots are very excited about this uh, particular airplane, mm -hmm. exactly because of the wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was funny to see on the ground because they just like they just whoop, they go up. 
So really, that's wow, that's cool. interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's now I have to research that a little bit more, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know when it's going to be released and I'll probably never fly it, but you never know. Never say never. You never know then. You never yes. know. You might, you might. Yeah. <laughs> 20 more years to go. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So uh, anyway, yeah. so I want to get back to uh, so AI and, and um, when, what are you... How do you incorporate in your workflow? What um, what tips do you have? Uh, what what prompts do you like to use? Like, where can you take us with with ChatGPT in particular, Veronica? Yes. So uh, let's talk about that. Um, so ChatGPT, ChatGPT uh, has been helping me for i'm gonna tell you now half a year now with my um university studies um like i said i studied full-time software engineering and then out of nowhere chat gpt came on board and i'm like hmm that's interesting speaking of uh chatbots i was really really expecting google to come up first with their chatbot because um i think chat gpt was released in October or November, something like that, last year. And Google sent us an email because I registered to be on the testing, um, I don't know, list for their chatbot, uh, for the Lambda chatbot. They, they were actually working for years on it, AI chatbot. So uh, uh, they called it like Test Kitchen. I don't know if you heard of Test Kitchen. I don't think so. Something so Google sent us an email, guys, you can go ahead and try our chatbot. I never actually did because it was only available for the U.S. Um, US um, testers, like people that are based in the U.S. So um, I, when I saw that email, I was like, oh, my God, they finally will release that chatbot. I never uh, tested it, but I, and also I never heard any anyone on Twitter or any social media actually talking about it like i never heard anyone who tested it so anyway um they've been postponing the release of their lambda chatbot google been postponing the release and then OpenAI was like you know what let's just uh, we're gonna re re release our chatbot and what happened google nothing google then uh, they were like are you guys serious so, yeah, I I was actually fascinated. I don't know, what do you think about ChatGPT in general, Dan? Are you... So I used it, I just used it yesterday trying to solve a problem uh, while I was on my flight, uh, on my commute flight, I should say, uh, from Seattle back to Minneapolis. And I've yeah. been using it when, uh, when I can't figure out something. Here's a block of code. Uh, I'm having this, I'm having a problem and what, what is wrong with my uh, block of code. And, and in yesterday's example, and I'll just get right into it. I was having a, uh, I'm having a, an off by one error an index out of range error. And usually when I, when I code that something like that in, and I end up producing some kind of an index out of range uh, error, I can, I, I'll see this, you know, it'll crash or whatever happens. And, and then I'll go back like, oh, okay. I can see why I'm producing this uh, off by one error. But in right. this case, um, it's I can't figure it out. I don't know why I'm just selecting from a Swift UI picker uh, a, a value, and uh, and then I'm saying give me the the you know the item in an, in an array at this value that I've selected. And for some reason, I'm getting an off by one error, and it's weird because I can't figure it out. And so now on the airplane, it's kind of challenging because I don't really have full internet access. Uh, without yeah. paying for it, I can get uh, free internet on my on my uh, phone through T-Mobile, thankfully. So, so I have the ChatGPT app, and what I did was I copied the code from my my laptop, and then I airdropped it to my phone, and then I plugged it into the ChatGPT app on my phone. This is me yesterday working in the middle seat, right? And uh, and I plugged in that code, and I said, "I'm getting it off by one error," and and. ChatGPT gave me an answer that that explains the off by one error. Like I understand what the problem is, but I don't know why I'm getting it. So I wasn't able to to solve the problem uh, yesterday. We but uh, right, but admittedly, my workflow wasn't great, you know. And and I, I'm just working on my my phone, and and, and I probably could yeah. have you know had my prompt better or just you know had better better input to see what you know to 
better explain the answer. Yeah. But I I wanted to try because in this case, I just I I'm still not figuring it out. I'll, I'll figure it out. But uh, and you wanted to try since I'm promoting it so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's where I use it the most. I'd say is not how do I do something, but why is this not working? And why I have had good success with that in the past. To explain it to you, yeah. When you're working, when you want to solve a coding, uh, a coding problem with ChatGPT, there are two ways. Like, uh, first is what happened to you yesterday. Like, it explains you why it happened. It doesn't give you the exact solution. It just explains you this, this, and that might be the problem. But if you want to get like to the solution of the and to the core of the uh, your issue, whatever you coding issue you're having, you just have to keep on asking questions. Like, and plus, straight away, don't be like, honestly, sometimes you have to be straightforward with ChatGPT exactly what you're looking for. Like, and uh, don't be like polite to ChatGPT because, you know, just like tell, tell exactly the, tell ChatGPT exactly what you want. Like, I want to, I want you to write me a code that will actually fix my problem, like uh, like a chunk of code that will actually work with what I want to build. I want this, this, and that. Like this is the way to go. Sometimes because in the beginning this was my kind of uh, mistake that what I've done. I was like, oh, but can you do that? And um, like you know, not asking straight away what exactly I'm looking for, and. Um, so now I want to just uh, give some um, some examples to the people who are actually interested in uh, prompt engineering and um, how to actually prompt chat GPT um, to get the, the best results. So first I want to just start with a quote that I saw on Twitter recently and it's really, I think it's it makes total sense and it's true. Chat GPT for $20 is like owning a private jet for the price of a bicycle. And it's true, I'm actually a ChatGPT Plus user and I'm so, so uh, satisfied. I'm getting so much, I'm getting so much uh, value out of it because the experience is completely different when you're uh, using, using the basic, like the unpaid plan and the paid plan. So uh, what is the difference you ask? Uh, first of all, it never it's way faster it never locks you out like it used to lock me out all the time when i was uh, not uh, using the paid version uh third and uh, one of the most important you can use chat gpt4 you can also use their apis and it's just yeah for me personally completely worth it and if you guys are like let's say even if you're a software developer, developer slash engineer, I believe it's it really can help you a lot if you go for the plus version for the twenty dollar a month version. And I think I believe they will reduce the price shortly because, like every product, you know how it works. Once it's released, it's crazy expensive. Um, every new pr product, it's in, in the beginning is expensive, then they gradually reduce the price. So I believe this will be kind of the future with the chat GPT plus. Um, yeah. So uh, what I want to share with you guys, product strategy, product strategy to get uh, out like to get the best re results from chat GPT for, for whoever I think is building iOS applications or any kind of product uh, software, you can actually build your product and marketing strategy with chat GPT. And here I have an example of how to prompt it the right way. So um, Dan, I think for you, this will be also useful uh, for your apps on the iOS uh, store as you shared with us the last time that uh, you actually want to uh, get better with your marketing, right? Yes, absolutely. So uh, the what I researched and um, I actually put it on ChatGPT uh, here in my on my browser. So how can you go? How can you get the best outcome of your prompts? Well, when it comes to product strategy and marketing strategy, 
let's say you write, uh, you ask ChatGPT, create the marketing strategy for my podcasts, like for our podcast, right? I have, and then you ask Chad, you tell ChatGPT exactly how much is your budget for that marketing strategy. I, I would like, I have, for example, let's say um, $500 marketing uh, budget and need to reach how many tell uh, ask Chad, uh, tell ChatGPT how many people you are looking to to reach. So I need to reach ten thousand people with that five hundred dollars. Then build a table with the ROI, which is return of investment expectations by the channel. Here is a breakdown of each channel. So social media ads, it tells you where you can um, get the most the reach from which uh, social media platform it tell it uh, splits the cost like for example influencer marketing you get 150 for influencer marketing so you reach out to famous influencers or on twitter on on threads <laughs> on threads you know and so they can promote your uh, product or our podcast in our case um so podcast directories so podcast directories i like apple podcast spotify's like you cost it says 50 dollars to reach 1000 people so we can promote on on that kind of platforms email marketing collaborations like it gives you everything so like i said just make sure you know very well exactly what you want from chat gpt to get the best results out of it then um how to prompt chat gpt my other point is uh, that i want to explain how to prompt chat gpt uh, if you want to understand um, new and complex um, topics or if you have like a complex coding problem or if you, for example, you wanted Dan to learn uh, core data, right? So how... Not well, more. <laughs> how to... I went, now it's Swift data, yeah. Uh, now you switch to Swift data, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah, so for example, let's say uh, Swift data. How to prompt ChatGPT to explain you in the best way? Say here, I have break, for example, first uh, way of prompting ChatGPT, break the topic down into simple components and then ask me if I understand after each step. So it will kind of give you small tests. It will test you to see to, oh. to what degree you understood the topic. Okay. Okay. So wait, I have a question. So I could say, let's go back to core data because core data okay. is something that I've worked with for years and, uh, and never fully understood it. And, okay. and, and, uh, it, it's something that, that I've, um, it, that I, I have used it and all my apps use core data. Uh, but now with Swift data coming out, it makes a lot more sense to me, but I'm still learning it. But with core data, there's a lot of little nuances and getting it set up. So I could ask ChatGPT, okay, I want to learn, core data and I want to have core data uh, save these types of properties, let's say, um, uh, how do I do that? Or, or do, I, do I say, teach me how to do that and then ask me uh, if exactly. I understand? Is that you right? go straight away with what you want. Like uh, there is, in the end of the day, please bear in mind, this is not a, an actual living being. So you don't care how you actually <laughs> talk to it. You, there is no like politeness there. You just want, you are there to get the value. Like you have to be selfish, you know, you forget this okay. is not someone behind that computer. It's not a life. It's not, <laughs> so people were like, you know, I saw, and I was actually in the beginning when I started using chat GPT, I was like, shall I say thank you in the end? Like when, I, when it gives me, you know, the right answer or what I actually want, shall I say thank you? No, forget about thank you. Forget about hi, how are you? Like, so you go, you say, teach me or uh, like teach me. I don't really think you should go with that exact wording, uh, but you can go um, for, let me just uh, bring up uh, my, yes, you can just go right away. For example, uh, about core data, let's say, break down, uh, like I said, break down the topic into simple components, like break down, what exactly uh, did you say you would like to to know about it? Well, let's, let's say I want to, I want to save a, um, you know, I want to save a, a, a person profile. So I want name, age, and, and maybe the city they live in. 
Okay. Right? As a simple example. To save it like in a data spreadsheet, like uh, something like that, or sure. yeah, and then and then something that I can uh, retrieve uh, multiple people. So I'd have Dan, Minneapolis, Veronica, Dubai. Uh, you know, age, age, and maybe, you know, favorite coffee or something. So it would just be, and then later I could pick from my list of people that has, has been persisted on the device uh, in core data. That would be, that would be a scenario that. Yes. You go straight away. I want to learn how to do, how to make, how to, I want to learn this, this, and that. So, uh, and then explain, if you want it, chat GPT to explain it to you in a simple way, like in a humanly way, because sometimes chat GPT is too technical and you don't even know what, what it means, you know, what the hell is talking about. <laughs> so um, you can say, explain in simple term, like the specific topic that you want, explain it and then, oh, and then, or, you can say, explain it to me like I'm 11 years old, you know. So this is a completely in a completely simple way it explains you. And it gives you very, very good examples. Like you really are 11 years old. So for me, this really works a lot. Like, or explain it to me like I'm 10. Explain it to me like I'm 18. Depends on what level your knowledge is, you know. So um, I really find this prompting helpful for me. And it really explained to me a lot of stuff in a very simple way so um this is basically how i prompt chat gpt um to explain uh complex topics in simple terms and simple way in humanly way also so um this is how i use it and i hope uh, this will help you then just let me know after that give me a feedback and i have actually a lot more prompts that i want to share with you guys but now we don't really have that much time so i'm just gonna stick to these two uh and um yeah that's pretty much it let me just um yeah, so now just hope a, yeah. a quick question yeah. about yeah. it so let's say so with the scenario that we had uh, explain to me how to set up core data for this scenario how long would you expect, and you can totally just guess, or what do you think, how long do you think okay. that I should spend with ChatGPT on this? I mean, it's going to, you know, 30 minutes, um, uh, an hour, 20, 15 minutes. What, what do you think, like, to get a, a reasonable understanding of how to actually then go to Xcode or whatever IDE and, and, and start coding it in? Like, how long would you expect to work with ChatGPT learning? Uh, you can topic? start coding even after the first prompt, after the first uh, result, you can start coding straight away because, the, like I said, still depends on what, what way did you use to prompt it, like... Um, the way, in my opinion, uh, now I'm going to give another, like, uh, same example with your issue yesterday. And you said that it didn't actually give you the answer straight away. Like, it only explained you some stuff, like how to do it. Was it the right? right? Is it right? It, it was, yeah, it was, it was explaining what the problem was. I already knew what the problem was, yeah. but um, but it wasn't. I don't think I gave it enough information to 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 see why an off by one error. Also, was happening. what I'm gonna advise you: try to. Um, did you actually um, put your code in there? Like, uh, did you copy paste your code? Just a little bit. I mean, it was only the the for each view uh, of my array and then the picker value that was that was being selected, and so it was only a little bit because again, I was just. I was copying from my laptop, airdropping to yeah, my phone yeah. because that's the only thing that had internet. So I, again, my workflow wasn't great, but it was it was worth a shot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I see. So, like I said, if you really prompted uh, straight away, like uh, core data, I want uh, I want to do this, this, and that. I want to have how to extract the information from my users. Let's say uh, when I uh, register. Yeah in your app or something when i give you my email my name and address you want exactly what you want is to extract my data right so yeah you go straight yeah. or how to extract data from my users and you explain as well um that you what app you're working on and try to explain it in detail because that's what actually chat gpt wants okay. it wants details doesn't like if you ask like in a generic right. kind of way you will not get the result that you want. You will not. So try to right. put uh, even your code, try to give them 
to feed them with all the information that you have. And even with GPT-3, even if you work with GPT-3, not with the paid version, you still get a good result. GPT-3, honestly, and actually GPT-3.5, um, it's great as well. And it works fast. It was way faster than GPT-4. But um, yeah, it will still give you a good result. This is uh, and uh, on uh, your question, how long you should spend? Like I said, it can give you the right answer and the answer that you want after the first uh, prompt, uh, or you just go with the flow. You just follow the flow and just keep on asking following questions, and you will get to the truth very sure. easily. Don't forget the Chat GPT works with the whole web, uh, web. Uh, I mean data, so. I honestly think that it's great to great to that it will help you with anything, anything you want. Uh, sometimes it's even my psychologist. I use it for psychology. So, <laughs> yeah, so that it's great. Cool. It's yeah. been great. So, yeah. Any other questions? Just ask me and um, I'm here for you. Well, I just have a question about your, your time management um, yeah. skills or tools. Uh, that That's uh, something I'm definitely curious about. Yes. So for the people uh, who wants to know more about, um, like I'm back to chat GPT, I just want to insert the this. Um, there are uh, a lot, um, a lot of, good um, Chrome extensions, ChatGPT uh, Chrome extensions, which I really, really recommend. Two of them is uh, are uh, the Monica.im. Monica.im is completely uh, integrated with GPT, I think, 3.5 um api so you can install this into your chrome browser because i know most of the people they use chrome although we were uh we were talking about brave browser i am not really familiar about extensions uh for brave browser because mostly i'm on chrome so you can guys uh, install monica.im you can use it as a chat gpt extension into your browser it's, it works uh, very good it's great and then there is chat gpt for google which is like a third party it's not an open ai uh, extension uh, and still works uh, good so these are my two suggestions and this can really um uh, increase your productivity because you have just chat gpt uh, handy on your browser it's uh, you can use it on any kind of uh, web page so it's great another management um, app uh, which actually tracks how much time i spend on each task so for example you i because uh, like i said i'm studying at the moment and once i start studying i switch on my toggle app i don't know guys if you know it but i highly suggest it because it's a great app to track how many like for example how much time you spent on uh let's say on my module my web development module or on my um let's say site projects and uh, i really want to keep track on that and um it spells t-o-g-g-l so you can just install it on your laptop and um that's pretty much it for now i have a lot more but really we are running out of time at this moment <laughs> Yeah, we're getting, we're getting a little close, but um, but we, we still have time, and, and uh, um, there's other things that, that uh, um, I did want to talk about exactly. for just a minute. But uh, so Toggle is a time management and uh, like a time tracker app. Exactly, and then All right, you just click start. Yes. So once you install it, once you start working on whatever you want to work on, you switch it on, and then. It starts like a timer. It's very simple app, actually. It's very simple app. It's uh, the timer starts, and once you are done with your task, you stop it. So the cool thing is that it name uh, you can name each and every task. For example, for me, web development, and each and every task is like there. You have like project section, and you have like your web development task over there, and it just like. Uh, it says how many hours until now you worked on your web development uh, project. 
and uh, for me so far it shows like 16 hours so it's been <laughs> it's been a lot I'm like oh my god and then once I had uh, 40 hours on one of my university modules I'm like oh, that's good but it's good to know it's good to keep track on this stuff for example how many hours you work on your fuel uh, app let's say so you can easily I'm uh, I really like that app and I really suggest it if I have to uh, rate um we what thing which app or what uh, trick kind of uh, boost my productivity the most of course i'll have to put chat gpt in the first place um back to the time management i uh, do you find that timing you know hitting a timer and saying start i'm working on my you know my module for school or web development or whatever like do you find that that increases your focus True, that's correct. I completely agree. And because you know that you're, you've been timed and you want to like really get straight to what you have to do. And another time, another, uh, actually now as we speak, I uh, just remembered another way of increasing productivity. And we actually spoke about it before with you, is going to co-working spaces. And actually, I find uh, being way more productive uh, working from a co-working space rather than at home. I don't know. I just uh, at home, there are a lot of distractions. You're always like, oh, let me just grab something from the fridge. Let me just go grab something uh, from like get a coffee or something. There is always something going on. I don't know. And yeah. Uh, so speaking of that, um, it kind of um, gives you the like, you and you told me actually that you feel the same way, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So imagine people now. I see why Elon actually wants to return people to the office oh. <laughs> because it's really like uh, kind of makes sense now, right? I, I think having I've never actually worked in a, a traditional software development office environment. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a pilot. We don't have our offices moving, <laughs> but uh, exactly. but having I think I, I maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's benefits and, and, and um, disadvantages, advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, I think for, for myself and maybe, you know, your personality, my personality, if I'm in a space where other people are working, then I'm more productive, you know, and, and, and like you say at home, uh, you know, I'm in my office right now and uh, I can, I can, uh, I, what's, what's sort of funny, this is kind of weird, I know, but I, I somehow I discovered that if I light a candle, and I, the smell of the candle in the room means that I'm working. I don't know how that happened. My wife bought me a candle one time and, and I just was, I sat down to work and I lit the candle and I got a bunch of work done. And so now I just have this weird psychological thing that's like, oh, I'm, I'm serious now. It's time to light a candle. I'm going to get some work done. And just that weird little act somehow just trips something in my brain. But I, I was just in San Francisco for work this past week. And I was there, I had most of the day, I got into San Francisco from Austin. We flew into San Francisco and uh, I was in the hotel at nine in the morning. And I had the whole rest of the day there, which was great, but it was 4th of July. Uh, and so a lot of places were closed, but one of the first things I did because I had most of the day was I looked for a, a co-working space in particular, we work, but they were closed because of the holiday in the States. So, um, but I was going to go because I know that I get so much work done there because I'm in a work environment. Other people are working. I can move around, you know, and, and I can go get a cup of coffee or a sparkling water. And, and I, I love those co-working spaces, but, um, and, uh, can you tell us uh, briefly how that we work co-working space works like um what's the payments methods like uh, how do you get there like uh, how's the environment like oh. why do you like it right. just briefly oh yeah so what happened well the, so there's of course there's an app and you sign up on the app and um you can you can go big and and rent like a an actual office from WeWork and and, and have that dedicated space in your, in your city that you live. But then uh, if you do that, then you get access to all the WeWorks, I, I think for free, but I'm not on that plan. I just do the, the, I'll call it the a la carte plan where I'm in San Diego now, I'm in San Francisco now, I would like to just have access to the uh, co-working space yeah. for the day. And what you're doing is you're just renting access to the space, uh, not a particular okay. cubicle, 
but I, the the price seems to change because it, it was showing fifty dollars a day in San Francisco, but I've rented them in the past for thirty dollars in San Diego uh, and then Minneapolis as well. So it's seems- like for the whole day, you can use it like the whole day, eight to five. Eight to five. Monday to oh, great! Yeah. This and, is amazing. And uh, and so what you do is you just go in. It's it's wide open, and and uh, there's tables, there's there's corner chairs and and desks, and and they're just open, and you're in kind of the open public environment. But it, it's a great environment. Um, uh, I've never. Do read- you think it's a place to network with people? Absolutely, absolutely. Now I've never talked to people there, but uh, um, but you could, <laughs> and, and because I'm working, and I have headphones on and everything. But if you wanted to meet. Yeah people to work like if 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 you and I were working on a project and we happen to be in the same city that would be a perfect place to meet because it's it's designed for working and it's not like a library you don't have to be quiet it's 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 designed for people working getting work done exactly Um, exactly yeah and they have coffee and stuff all this stuff yes yep everything uh there's microwaves you can bring your own food of course you know people get DoorDash. no coffee is crucial factor yes (laughs) Yeah, but I, I do love those environments. But if I if I'm not in that environment, and I, I don't do it often, but if I have a, a good amount yeah. of time in the city and and being on an overnight, it just gets me out of the hotel. Um, the hotel exactly. can sometimes just like you feel like you're not really. And there. change is always good, you know. Change is always good, and you never know who you might meet. Mostly in San Francisco, you never know who's working there. You might meet some interesting people, and in, even like collaborate with yeah. them to some point. Like you never know, like. Um, so, uh, have you visited the one in San Francisco? I haven't. I was I was hoping to, but uh, but they, again, they were all closed that day. Maybe next time. Yeah, hopefully next time. Hopefully next time. But um, well, uh, Veronica, it was fantastic talking with you once again. I love hearing about ChatGPT and and productivity and and again, you know, working working that into my workflow. Um, one app I want to quickly mention that helps my productivity is an app that I've been using for a while called Linear. And it's just a uh, it's a task kind of management app that I, where I can put in my tasks that I'm working on with uh, ProFueler, uh, my fueling app, and uh, what I have to work on because otherwise I feel like I just have to start over every time. And, and so, working with a, a t- some sort of a task tracker app, um, you know, and and I can have that. I light my candle and I can get some work done. Uh, and uh, incorporating ChatGPT to teach me how to uh, to uh, do whatever I want it to teach me to do. Is, uh, is a great thing. But anyway, uh, that's great. a wrap for today. Thank you everybody for listening and joining in to uh, Jet Fuel Devs. Uh, you know, please reach out to us on Instagram, Jet Fuel Devs on Instagram. Uh, uh, Veronica on Twitter. Uh, who are you on Twitter, Veronica? Decode Veronica. <laughs> and I am O'Leary Dan. And you can find us uh, both uh, there and uh, on Instagram and now on YouTube. And one more thing, by the time you hear this episode, we have a website. Yay! Yes, guys, we're working on our website and uh, we are actually very, very exciting to share it with you and to once we release it. And um, yeah, well, Dan, where do you think we will release the website? Update us. <laughs> Getfueldevs.com, of course. Yes, soon. Coming soon. Stay tuned.